14 minutes. That's the title of my lesson today and the length of the timer behind me. Some of you are hoping that that will also be the length of my lesson this evening. And while that's not the purpose of the timer, I'll try to keep it close to that mark. 14 minutes is the amount of time you might spend driving to the store, taking a shower, cooking a meal, or any other number of simple tasks. It is also the amount of time that it takes the Hubble Space Telescope to rotate 90 degrees, the world record pace for the women's 5,000-meter run, as well as being the length of the fastest one-mile swim ever. Most of the time, 14 minutes is considered an unimportant and very short amount of time. In fact, while preparing for this sermon, it was almost impossible for me to find any data on things that take exactly 14 minutes instead of being rounded up to 15. But I promise I'm talking about the specific amount of time for a reason. It has to do with an extremely disturbing statistic, one that I won't get into just yet, but that should be of the utmost concern to us as Christians. All of you surely know that June is Pride Month. And without going into that topic too much, we all know the extent to which Pride Month is celebrated and the extent of that celebration. But June is much less well known for another reason. June is also the official month for mental health, and more specifically, men's mental health. While Pride Month is rejoiced in and celebrated, mental health, especially in men, is swept under the rug and hidden. It is considered shameful and is kept away from others. Meanwhile, the entire celebration for the gay rights movement is referred to as Pride and involves the overwhelming pride in and celebration of one's decisions or orientation. Every store and business will be adorned with rainbows and buzzwords about pride and acceptance, but the issues that so many struggle with will almost never be found on a billboard or decorating your favorite store. It is a silent battle waged by many that hide their struggles instead of shouting them in the streets. In a month filled with overwhelming pride in, acceptance, and so-called tolerance of an individual's sexual orientation and their choices involving it, many men and women face shame and, bat- shame and ridicule for battles they did not choose, for issues they never would have asked for, and these problems are often com- completely taboo to talk about and are not nearly as accepted as being a member of the LGBTQ community. Men especially face these silent battles as it is seen as weak to accept or ask for help. This problem is absolutely not restricted to men, as people of all ages, genders, and backgrounds struggle with them. However, nearly every study involving mental health finds that men suffer in silence at a much more disproportionate rate. Depression, anxiety, and many other issues are at all-time highs, yet you'll never see parades or representation for these difficulties on anywhere near the same level as we see with the gay community in Pride Month. Now, obviously, I'm not advocating for or asking for marches or protests or anything of the sort involving mental health. But there is something to be said of the blatant and overwhelming celebration involving sin, while other issues are often completely pushed aside. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 say, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In this verse, Jesus is calling all those that struggle to lay down whatever it is that is weighing them down. 
and to come to him. He also promises rest for those that accept this invitation and that his yoke is easy and his burden light. This doesn't mean that by following Jesus, everything you struggle with will disappear. All your problems, whether they be physical or mental, won't just suddenly evaporate. There is still a yoke and a burden, but Jesus does say that his yoke is easy and his burden light. If you choose to follow Jesus, your burdens are still going to affect you, and they might not go away. But a yoke takes two to operate, and you can't do any better than having God by your side. The church needs to be a place of support for everyone, no matter what issues you struggle with. Your struggles don't have to be hidden from God, and therefore, they shouldn't ever have to be hidden from his people. God's kingdom is the only place, movement, or community that will ever truly accept you as you are. No matter how hopeless you feel, no matter how afraid you are, no matter what you've done, how people think of you, or how you think of yourself, there is good news, and it's free and available to you. Having and talking about your depression, anxiety, PTSD, or any other problems you face does not make you weak. And there is someone that not only already knows, but he also cares. You're not alone, and many people have and do struggle with these issues, and they have only grown more and more common with the younger generations. Every parent or grandparent has heard the line, you just don't understand, or things were different back then. And while this is usually greeted with an eye roll or a scoff, I think we can all agree that there is some truth to those statements. The world is changing, and it's changing faster than any other time in human history. We are in uncharted territory in many ways. While many things have gotten better, it seems like just as many have gotten worse. Anxiety and depression are at all-time highs with each new generation, and I don't think it's really a secret why. The rise of social media, smartphones, and globalization have had many good consequences for humanity, but these things have also caused untold damage. Imagine that embarrassing thing you did in middle school, being immortalized on the internet forever for everyone to see, or your most awkward years being spent comparing yourself to unnatural and unattainable goals. My generation spends vastly more time under the influence and effect of social media than they do their parents, teachers, or church. A 12-year-old girl can compare herself to countless edited pictures until her self-esteem is destroyed, and a 16-year-old boy can use his first taste of freedom to copy the bad influences he views daily. It's very easy to look for instant gratification through social media instead of more fulfilling activities, and to spend your time witnessing the absolute best and worst of humanity through a screen. It's easy to let your self-worth come from how many people like your post, and your self-esteem can be raised or lowered like never before. I don't say all this to tell you to take away social media from your kids or from yourself. Just like anything else, it can be good or bad. But it also affects the mental health of of younger generations in unprecedented amounts so much so that we don't even fully understand its effects yet. The truth is, social media is here, and it's here to stay. All we can do as Christians is show genuine love and care to everyone, and I would argue that my generation needs it more than anyone. In a world where you can never be quite good enough, show them that they are still loved and valued, even though they're not the people they see on their screens. The church is needed by these people more than ever, not as a place that gives judgment and constant criticism, but as a source of true validation and love.
not likes on a screen. One of the biggest factors in depression or anxiety is feeling alone. Even in a world that is so connected, it seems easier than ever to feel lonely and forgotten. God talks about loneliness countless times throughout the Bible and ensures that we are never truly alone. Isaiah 41.10 reads, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in Matthew 28.20, God says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The point is, God is with us wherever we go. He loves unconditionally, unlike our world. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you have, or what you've done. The Bible is filled with examples of people going through all kinds of battles, both physical and mental. For example, Jesus himself went through possibly the most mentally taxing thing a human can experience by knowing not only when, but how he would die. He even spends the night he's betrayed praying to God, asking for any other possible way than what he is about to go through. I can't imagine the anxiety you would feel knowing that you are about to be crucified, and yet he knows all he can do is pray. He is so stressed, in fact, that Luke twenty-two forty-four says that his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. The modern explanation for this is a rare condition called hematidrosis, which only happens in instances of extreme stress or anxiety. The point is, even the Son of God dealt with stress and anxiety, and his solution was constant prayer. It didn't completely take away the anxiety or the problem, but it was the one thing that helped bring him peace. Job is another famous example of someone that faced extreme pain both mentally and physically, and yet he never stopped trusting that God would deliver him. The devil is allowed to torture Job in every way imaginable to try to make him curse God. But even in his darkest moments, Job keeps his faith. All his possessions, property, and children are wiped out. And he is no doubt not only extremely depressed, but anxious about what the devil will throw at him next. Job even goes as far as wishing he was never born so that he wouldn't have to deal with the extreme suffering he has been subjected to. And yet he never loses his trust in God completely. The point is, even the Son of God and a righteous man like Job went through trials, but they remained faithful throughout their afflictions. This is a great example of what to do when you're faced with difficulties. Have faith and ask God for strength, and he will deliver you. Uh, By now, most of you are probably wondering about the point of the time behind me. The idea came from a few months ago when I saw a post that contained a very disturbing statistic. That statistic is the reason for the timer behind me and the inspiration for this lesson. The statistic stated that somewhere in the world, one man kills himself every 14 minutes. I thought that this number seemed way too high and that there was no way that this could be true. And after doing more research, I found out the statistic is not only true, The number is actually every 11 minutes, if you take women into account as well. That means that statistically, at least one person somewhere in the world will commit suicide in the time the sermon takes. That number is and should be horrifying for any Christians to hear. I don't bring this lesson to you today to condemn suicide, mental illness, 
social media, or anything else. I bring it to you just to show that people are hurting. The numbers for suicides are completely disproportionate for teenagers and even more so for men. I could read hundreds more statistics from the CDC website if I wanted to, but the point has already been made. Your children and grandchildren are hurting, and so are your fathers, sons, and brothers. There is a massive stigma around men getting treated for these problems, and it has affected the suicide rates greatly. More and more people are becoming addicted to addicted to substances and other coping mechanisms. In the last couple of years, antidepressant and anxiety prescriptions have also skyrocketed. I also want to make it very clear there is nothing wrong with therapies or medications, and they are often needed and helpful. Mental illness isn't a punishment, and it's not something you can get rid of or pray away. Just like physical health issues, praying is not going to suddenly remove your struggles. If you break your leg and pray for healing, are you suddenly going to wake up with a healed leg? Obviously not. God works on his own time and not ours. In the same way, many people struggle with mental issues, either because of their situation or chemical imbalances in their brain. Just like any physical ailment, it's not their fault and it can't be fixed in a day. But praying is the only way to ask God for help, and you just have to be patient and have faith that he will do what is best for you. While it's true that there are countless therapies and medications that work wonders for mental health issues, only one approach will truly give you peace. That's not to say that you should drop all your prescriptions, stop therapy, and just pray more if you suffer from these issues. But relying on and trusting in God will always bring you more peace than any earthly things. And it is a true peace that lasts. So how do you apply this lesson to your life? I'm aware this lesson isn't for everyone, but it is for someone. That person might be you this evening, or it might be someone you know who needs to hear this lesson. Not everyone struggles with these things, but every single one of us knows someone who does, even if they don't let on. Mental health issues are often put onto others, through suicide especially. One person ending their pain only adds to the pain of those around them. The only way to end the cycle is to put it all onto God and lay it at his feet. You can do this by praying to him, reading his word, and fellowshipping with his people. Pray to him and ask for strength to overcome your struggles. Read his word to know him more and to be, comfor- and to be comforted by his words. And finally, fellowship with his people to receive guidance and support from others that care about you and have gone through similar things. Once again, None of these things will snap your pain away instantly, but they're the one thing that can truly bring you peace. 2 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8 reads, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we ourselves can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in your patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. In conclusion, there is only one way to truly bring peace to mental issues. 
As the timer behind me has expired, the word one, as well as some Bible verses relating to this lesson have been revealed. I would encourage you to write these down or take a picture so that you can come back to what is needed. If you remember nothing else from this lesson, remember this. You're never alone, and you have a Father in heaven that loves you unconditionally. Many other people now and throughout history in the Bible have faced similar struggles, and the same God is there for you to lean on. Now we're going to sing a song, and if it's you that needs our prayers or support this evening, then please come forward. If you know someone who has been struggling in silence and would like to get help or prayers for them, then please come forward. If you're watching this online and feel like you need prayers or someone to talk to, then contact us. If you're not comfortable coming forward, then find me or someone else after we close. Whoever you are or whatever your circumstances, do not let another 14 minutes pass without getting the help and prayers you need.